Hello, Purse Strings listeners. Thank you for listening to WebmasterRadio.fm's most decorated radio series. Discover the Purse Strings listening experience in a brand new way. Introducing the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, now available for iPhone and Android. Listen to new episodes live every week or download any of the over 200 past episodes or sample from our extensive library of radio shows that every internet marketer should check out without opening up your purse. Download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes store or in Google Play today. Want to become best friends with the single most powerful person in the country? Whether she's a Gucci girl, Prada professional, coach queen, or target trendsetter, we'll untie the purse strings and give you the inside track on today's woman. How to capture her attention, grow her loyalty, and create such enthusiasm about your company or product that she spreads the word with her friends and family. WebmasterRadio.fm presents Purse Strings. Purse strings. Join marketing to women expert Maria Retan, senior principal at Carmichael Lynch Spong, as she chats with those in the know so your business can grow. Webmaster Radio.fm presents Purse Strings. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Good afternoon. Welcome to Purse Strings. I'm Maria Retan. Thanks for joining me today. You can catch Purse Strings every Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Each and every week, you'll learn how you and your company can corner the market on the most powerful consumer in the country, the 51% of us who control more than 80% of all the spending, the woman, of course. Well, coming up, a big day is looming, one you may not not think women are watching, but yes, we are. We're huge numbers when it comes to football, and yes, it's Super Bowl time, people. I was just reading an article by Stuart Elliott of the New York Times. Um, If you don't read him, you should. What was so interesting about this article was he was kind of tackling... Yep, no pun intended, um, how companies were going to preview, if they were indeed going to preview their Super Bowl ads. Now, if you're like me, I don't watch the Super Bowl for the game. Sorry, I'm not one of those women who love football, but I do watch it for the ads because, of course, that's what I do on a daily basis is advertising. And so I find it fascinating, this trend of kind of previewing these ads in advance of the Super Bowl. Now, for those of us like me who love to watch the ad for the first time during the Super Bowl, it's been somewhat anticlimactic the last couple of years. Well, that may change this year. Some marketers, according to Stuart Elliott's article, like Kraft Foods and Procter & Gamble, are going to only be sharing part of their Super Bowl commercials before the spots are broadcasted during the bowl game. Now, Acra and Volkswagen last year did actually show the whole thing days or weeks before the games. And in part, there's that strategy of generating some buzz and excitement, getting the word out in front of more eyeballs. And then, of course, you've got the audience uh, who are watching the Super Bowl game. Well, now there's this other thought that if you do share those ads in advance, it could diminish, you know, the surprise part of it, which is my point entirely. So, for example, P&G will run a 30-second spot for Tide in the third quarter, and they're only going to show it during the Super Bowl. They're not showing it in advance uh, for that very reason. They feel like it's a the big reveal is a great strategy for them. Um, however, Mercedes-Benz is going the opposite way. They've got a one-minute commercial going to air in the fourth quarter, and they're going to try to generate some buzz in advance of that. Um, so the other one, Taco Bell, you know, Taco Bell always has some fun ads, you guys. I know you probably are, are watching them as well. Uh, well, they're going to preview um, their one-minute spot, uh, which will be running in either the second or third quarter of the Super Bowl on January 28th, so in advance, a few days in advance of the actual Super Bowl. 
So it'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of buzz is stimulated by those companies who are launching those ads in advance and then kind of what the reaction is to those ads that are brand new during the Super Bowl. I'd be interested to hear what you have to say about that. So our first profile today is the Alpha Mom. She's a Gen Y target. Um, and yeah, Alpha Mom is exactly what you think. Women who are moms of the year. There's 1.6 million of those women out there, median age of 39, college grads, married, employed full-time. Of course, they're moms, and they have an, a median household income of $120,000. They see themselves as influential trendsetters. They're confident and embrace their individualism. They love, um, they're motivated by themselves, frankly. They consider themselves to be a workaholic, want to get to the top of their career, and they're even willing to give up some time with their family to do so. So they're very ambitious and motivated. They like to take advantage of life. They love to switch things up, keep things new, and they value quality. And in fact, they will buy just brands because of that. So what are they buying? Well, Neiman Marcus is where they shop. Uh, they will go shop at Ikea and Williams-Sonoma and Nordstrom. They're buying um, Mercedes and Volvo and BMW. And, of course, they're, um, they're wearing Farrah Wang and Christian Dior and Chanel. So where can you connect with her? Um, kind of all over the place. Uh, she's reading Wired. She's staying on top of technology. She's looking at fashion and Vogue. Um, you know, she even watches a little Oprah over there on own. Better Homes and Gardens is a mainstay as well. Um, she's online a lot looking for tickets and news at CNN.com. Um, so you can interact with her a lot of the, the typical places. Um, big, big consumer of news. So 2020, those types of, those types of newscasts are very big with her. My guest for this program today knows a lot about women, whether she's an expectant mom, whether she's looking to buy her first home, or whether she's just engaged and she's trying to plan a wedding. Carly Roney is the co-founder and editor-in-chief of Exo Group, Inc. You know Exo Group, Inc. You do. They're formerly The Knot. Yes, The Knot. Also The Bump. Also The Nest. Also The the blush. Roni actually founded The Knot way back in 1996 with her husband and her partners and just changed the name to XO Group about 18 months ago. We're going to have her on today to talk about reaching women in those specific life stages and what they're paying attention to and how trends have changed over the last 15 years since The Knot was founded. More from Purse Strings when we return after the break. Okay, time for something we can all relate to. Shopping. Her strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. 
Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. Well, welcome back to Purse Strings. Joining me today is Carly Roney. She's the co-founder and editor-in-chief of Exo Group, Inc., formerly The Knot, as most of you would recognize the company, a global media and technology company devoted to weddings, pregnancy, and, as they say, everything in between. Now, if you have followed The Knot, you know it's been around since 1996 when Roni, her husband, and other partners founded the company. And, yes, The Knot, in this short amount of time, has become home to the number one online wedding planning resource. Of course, after The Knot was The Nest and The Bump, and I have used all of those resources. Carly, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad you've been one of my happy customers. Yes, we love to reach women around the the country and now around the world. Well, and you've done it very well. Um, Every step of the way, through marriage to baby to buying my first home, and I know I'm one of millions of people out there who you've helped with your company. And I just have to note, I, it's been, what, maybe a little over a year, maybe two years now that you've gone from the Not Inc. to the XO group. And I love the ticker symbol is XOXO, very apt, I think, for the company. I'm just curious why you changed the name after, after so many years. It was an interesting decision. I mean, we had, you know, clearly our crown jewel and the core of our business had always been the knot.com. But as the Nest, the Bump, uh, the Blush, Wedding Channel, and our Chinese brand grew, um, we they were almost, you know, equaling the knot. And there was sometimes a point of confusion when you went out into the bigger markets, whether it was the stock market or whether it was dealing with big advertisers like Procter & Gamble. You'd say, hi, I'm from the knot, but my company, you know, what I'm talking to you about today is the bump. And they'd be like, what? Are we talking weddings or babies? Mm-hmm. And so um, when we were moving from the uh, from NASDAQ to the New York Stock Exchange, um, we had always had in the back of our mind that, that changing to a sort of a corporate umbrella would kind of serve 
lot of different groups inside the company. And also they had opened up four-digit um, ticker symbols. And so it was actually our legal team who went in and secured XOXO. And the name of the company was actually backed out of that. Uh, we we uh, believe that everything we do has to do with, like, love and kisses and hugs. And so <laughs> XOXO was a great name. And then that's how we became the XO group. That's perfect, actually. You should give that person a big fat raise. Yeah, he's very good. <laughs> I would say when you're done in legal, you can come to the branding department. So. Absolutely. That was brilliant, a brilliant move. And and what another brilliant move was, of course, was the creation of The Knot 15 years ago. I found this story fascinating about how The Knot came to be. If you would, share a little bit about your own experience trying to plan that quick wedding in an unfamiliar city. Yes, well, in 1993, I fell sort of madly in love with my now husband um, and, and business partner at the at, at uh, XO, David Liu, and we, you know, we sort of on, I don't know, we just decided to get married very quickly, and my mother always claims I must have been pregnant, but I absolutely was not. It just was one of those things, throwing caution to the wind and taking the plunge, and so we were like, how hard can it be to plan a wedding, and this was, you know, prior to the, prior to the internet, I was in Washington. Washington, D.C. I knew nothing, you know, no one. I had no idea. And I was working so this is just impossible and it shouldn't be that hard to plan a party. Um, and so, you know, we struggled through, um, you know, ended up finding a venue and a vendor and I had some relatives nearby who pitched in and helped. And it was, but it was a little bit of a complicated situation as well because my husband is Chinese. I am, um, you know, a mixed blood American, <laughs> you know, and and so the kind of mixing of the cultures and mixing of um, traditions and mixing of these families and never the whole thing sort of felt like a in many ways a big fat nightmare. Um, although we did end up having a good bit of fun um, on the day, but I kind of was left with a a pretty almost a bad taste in my mouth about wedding planning. I was like, why is it so hard? Why is there no information for people like us who are, you know, really, you know, um, you know, mixing two worlds, having this intercultural marriage? Um, why is everything so tacky? Why is everything so expensive and difficult? Be a new solution for this, but I went on my merry way, um, you know, pursuing my other, um, pursuing my graduate studies at that point. Um, when um, the internet arose. Uh, David and I had been sort of Start, we had started a young company doing new media, which at the time was like CD-ROMs and like the first, you know, mint little <laughs> tiny websites. And a friend of ours said, oh, you know, we should start a company. And, you know, I was thinking weddings would be a really good idea. And David and I rolled our eyes instantly. And I was like, oh, God, no. Have you ever planned a wedding? These guys who were mentioning this were bachelors. And I, they were like, no, but and I was like, you don't want to have anything a part of this. I'm like, the industry is completely tired and outdated. There's nothing fun, trendy going on. People don't have any technology. The thing is a complete, and I was like, light bulb. <laughs> <Wait a> <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we realized that it was almost the perfect industry that was ripe for a complete and total disruption. 
audience members, these sort of young uh, people would probably some, be some of the early adopters to this thing called the Internet. It could fundamentally change their life to sort of centralize the experience, to provide information 24-7, to be able to have any kind of information you wanted, whether it was about, you know, an American Jap- Chinese wedding like I was throwing or a Scottish, Japanese, or who knows what that was currently out there in American um, culture. And so um, we, we dove in and uh, found some financing from America Online, who had a little venture fund at the time to start content companies, and um, came up with the name The Knot. It was the first name we came up with, and ultimately, you know, after 250 names later, it still seemed like the best, and, and just dove in. Yeah, and dive in you did. I will I will say you, you talk about how it's an industry that was primed to be, like, turned on its head, and I would totally agree with that, but I would would say as a result of the knot, we now know more about brides than we've ever known before. We now know more about wedding tastes and preferences than we've ever known before. And what started off as your search for a wedding in what might have been a non-traditional or coming together of a variety of different of cultures way, that's kind of what we're looking at today, isn't it? The majority of weddings aren't that traditional. It's absolutely the norm, and I mean, this is why you realize that that sometimes, you know, success is just maybe being in the right place in the right time combined with a lot of hard work because we really were, we founded this company at the brink of a huge cultural shift, and that is part of what made us uh, successful was that women were getting married a little bit older, people were marrying across their religions, you know, religious lines, across their cultural lines, like America was of making a turn, and the whole world of wedding traditions was making really answering that divide because a huge amount of people, for example, don't get married in the city they grew up in, and that was something that was starting to happen 15 years ago, and you really, everyone was planning from out of town, and how were you going to do that, you know, without those sort of local wedding magazines right at your fingertips, and so it was really a cross-section of a lot of different things, plus the rise of the internet that made our, our business possible, but, but it really was largely the shifting of the decision-making around weddings to um, the, the bride herself, the bride and groom, the couple, um, and away from the mom and dad that I think made the sort of uh, made it so quick to move onto the Internet and, and uh, for people to be kind of more crowdsourcing their decision-making than just following the Miss Manners rule book. Yeah, well, and you, you really were at the precipice of seeing a lot of change and just weddings and how they come together, how they're planned, who owns what, the fact as you said, that they were um, happening not in the town that you grew up in, com- making things more complex. So clearly, trends were developing very fast about the time the knot launched. What are some of the trends that you saw develop, you know, 15 years ago that have kind of stuck around? And then looking ahead into 2013, what are some trends that you anticipate for this year, or even the next? Well, it was interesting. We, I think we, we walked into the world of weddings where it was really becoming much more sophisticated. And, and we feel like, you know, the knot really pushed that over the edge as well, where personalization was the really big trend. Prior to that, everything was about being perfect and kind of being doing what was expected and following the rules. And what we really came in, our voice was all about doing what was uniquely you, making your wedding, um, you know, personalized and feel special and different memorable. And this has probably been the biggest trend to hit with 
absolutely lasted for 15 years. So um, where it was all weddings were white, the introduction of color, right? The brides would carry a bold red bouquet down the aisle was completely fresh and new 15 years ago, and now it's kind of a norm. In fact, it's almost like trendy now to go to white because <laughs> <it's, 'cause> there's <laughs> so much been so much color around or using interesting themes, um, uh, using uh, inspiration um, from the time. So for, I remember in 1998, the most popular, you know, one of the most popular movies that inspired weddings was Shakespeare in Love, right? So everything was all this about this, like, rich Elizabethan um, yes. intrigue. And now, you know, going into this year, it's going to be uh, the Great Gatsby movie or it's Downton Abbey. So it's all about the 1920s vintage. It's been very inspired by Boardwalk Empire, um, you know, for the last couple of years. So you see these sort of cultural trends really influence weddings in a way they didn't really before um, because well, about these very specific rules. Um, I think the other, you know, really significant change in the world of weddings was what happened to fashion. So we uh, launched the Knot.com, you know, right around the same time that, you know, Vera Wang had started designing for weddings and designers like Monique Lulier, who she just started at that time as well. And what it really introduced was the, you know, on one hand, um, some sex appeal. I think prior to that, brides had, you know, everything was about being prim and proper. And, um, you know, here are all these women having their second weddings or getting married on a beach somewhere. And so the, the the idea of a bride wanting to be sexier on her wedding day. Women were like working out and getting the most fit and most perfect uh, for this day ever, and they wanted to show their bodies off. And that's something that's really stuck around as well. So whereas at the time, the most popular dress was the A-line or the ball gown, which are your uh, looks, there, you know, was the rise of the sheath wedding dress, um, after, uh, you know, John Kennedy's wedding and his wife came out in that really, that silk sheath mm-hmm. and, you know, just sort of figure hugging dresses are definitely a hot trend that has stuck around. And I think going into the coming years, 2013 and beyond, once again, I think there's this really strong um, looking to popular culture uh, for what is going to be exciting and new and interesting. Um, so that's why I do think, you know, the 1920s are really that sort of Gatsby glamour is going to be the look of the moment. Um, I also, um, you know, we've seen the sort of rise and fall of twilight weddings that came and went pretty quickly, but there was <laughs> this sort of like, uh, you know, sort of dark and deep red and long, long-sleeved white dresses. We're still seeing the influence of Kate the idea between Kate Middleton and you know the Twilight wedding with the long sleeve wedding dress, like suddenly sleeves are a trend um, as people sort of see them as a kind of a cool accessory that makes them uh, look different. And the destination weddings were also a trend that was really starting around that time, and I think it was born out of the um, the shift that people, as you said, not only weren't weren't getting married in their hometown, they weren't getting married in either member of the couple hometown. Um, and so say they lived in New York City, their one parent lived in Florida, and the other one lived in Michigan. Um, why not go to, go to Bermuda instead or Las Vegas? So this idea of a wedding that's far flung from where any family member lives. And then it beca- can become like a real coming together of the families, a three-day event. So these long weekend weddings, the destination wedding um, where it might be a little bit more intimate, like it's not going to be 350 people 
our time together. This is a trend that has really stuck around, and and despite. Um, even the, the changes in the economy, which we have experienced quite a few ups and downs there. The beauty is, is that weddings have still remained strong and adjusted a little bit here and there, but they're still a really important and almost increasingly critical part of our cultural set of rituals as we are more and more, you know, kind of flown apart across this wide country. Well, and to your point, we have more choices today than we ever have before when it comes to weddings. What type of wedding, what style of wedding... Um, so, so many choices. That's with pretty much anything that we can purchase today. So I'm curious, what's the best way to communicate with and influence the bride's choices for her wedding? And how do you reach her beyond, of course, the knot? <laughs> yes. Um, well, I would say the economy of speaking to women about their wedding right now is really very much driven by images. Um, women are, you know, uh, on sites like The Knot are grabbing images, sharing images, communicating around images. So whether people are using social media, whether it's sort of, um, you know, uh, Mindy Weiss or wedding planners uh, tweeting out pictures of their latest ideas or people following people on blogs or um, on other social media sites. It's a very, it's an important, it's an important part of contact after they've discovered you. What's been really interesting is how much something like the traditional magazine has remained a really strong source for this particular niche, whereas the entire world of, of magazines overall has experienced incredible, um, you know, downward pressure on their business. Wedding magazines, I mean, our wedding magazine grew um, 30% last year because it, tru- it continues to be something that women will and, um, you know, they see it as part of their complete investigative experience to make sure they have the, the best images and the best vendors to help them fulfill their dreams. So on a local level as well, I mean, the Knot, we have 18 regional magazines around the country. So our New York City, you know, magazine is the number one source for women in, in the, you know, tri-state area. And the reason being because it's filled with lots of pictures. She has this desperate, desperate, desire to see everything and to be inspired by other people's uh, weddings. So, you know, if you are trying to connect to women in this space, particularly on the wedding front, it really comes down to communicating through your, your imagery. And so you have to have a really strong handle on that and be pushing it out into every medium, whether it's uh, your profile on the nod, if you're a, a cake designer or a florist or a wedding planner or any other place across uh, the internet network or just having a fantastic had when people are coming to talk to you, it, it speaks volumes. Obviously, it's different for someone like a DJ, or a, and that is really about reviews. I think it's about harnessing the power of your happy clients and making sure we have a site, WeddingChannel.com, which hosts the, the widest number of views of any wedding-related services on the Internet, and we really encourage our you know, um, partners and, and vendors and all the great uh, service providers in this industry to make sure brides don't mind being asked if they're happy with their service. They really do want to share how fantastic it was that you helped make their dream, you know, day come true. So it's something that people have to get the handle on, asking their clients, you know, after the experience. It also is a great way to learn how to improve your business. But it is another part of the economy by which brides are making their decisions or other other brides' opinions. They feel like that's who they can trust most. Yeah, now more than ever, thanks to social media, 
um, virtual strangers have an impact on your decision-making yeah. progress for sure, process for sure, along with all the other, the other assets that you just mentioned. I think we are, we are all prone to do a lot of research around something that's going to cost a lot. Weddings, of mm-hmm. course, being one of the biggest uh, paydays, if you will, that we'll ever <laughs> make. So, of course, we're going to do the due diligence. Carly, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk to you a little bit about the nest and the bump and what you learned from the knot when you launched both of those. More from Carly Rooney when we return in just a moment. Okay, time for something we can all relate to, shopping. Her Strings will be right back after these messages from our advertisers. Rise links and web indexes. Take a bow to the largest link map in the world, Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Her Strings is back with the inside track on Today's Woman. Here's your host, Maria Retan. And we're back. I've been talking today with Carly Roney. She's the co-founder and editor-in-chief of Exo Group, Inc., formerly The Knot, Inc. Of course, you know The Knot, The Bump, The Nest. And we've been spending a lot of time talking about brides and their preferences and how they determine what kind of weddings and wedding dresses that they may want. And I know you learned heavily learned so much from The Knot. You've, you've talked about how you've diversified across many mediums there. Uh, but from The Knot, you launched, of course, The Nest and The Bump, just two of several others that you've launched. Focus on different lifestyle stages. Um, I'm curious, what have you learned about communicating with women in these particular lifestyle stages? And have you approached them differently than, say, women that you would be speaking with on The Knot? Um, or did you kind of transition some tactics that tended to work with The Knot over to The Nest and The Bump? 
It's been a really interesting uh, transition to grow with our audience. I mean, the, the, the story behind the nest and the bump was, it was really very organic. Our, our naughties, as we call, as they call themselves, but have we grown to have called them, graduated and suddenly wanted an area in our community to be talking about buying homes and test driving cars and dealing with mother-in-laws. And so we said, okay, we'll give you a little area on the mess. That sort of blew up, and they said, we really need a site of our own. It's getting too crowded in here. We need lots of message boards. And and we really, um, you know, sort of were delighted. It had been in the back of our mind that this was a way the business could grow, but it was nice that it was really truly from kind of listening to our audience and waiting till they were ready um, that we could kind of really take that next step. And literally, it was the exact same uh, methodology that we followed. Once we had enough people clamoring for us to make, a, a brand about pregnancy and, and babies and child rearing, that's when we launched the bump.com. And we've found that, you know, what's similar about these life stages is that everything is new to people. We really deal, we call them with, you know, first of a woman's or really couple's life, but these first time you're, you know, you're getting in, into a deep relationship and planning a wedding, the first time you're buying a home and figuring out, you know, how to buy or learn how to roast a chicken or your first Thanksgiving or any of those things, as well as that first child the women today are extremely research oriented, you know, and that is something that has sort of has really carried us through these three life stages and these the, the power of these three sites is that they are extremely content rich. We focus on not only providing answers to every question that would be on your mind, um, so that's a really deep archive of high quality content. Um, we provide ideas and inspiration and in the end of the day we all know that looking at pictures is the easiest entry point to anything any topic that's on your mind, right? And so we are, all of the sites are sort of rich with pictures and imagery, particularly the nest where you're looking about decorating or recipes, you know, the best entry point there is images, and that's something we learned from the knot. Um, and uh, additionally, there's a, people love to check items off a checklist, and this was a through line as a wedding, you know, it's sort of letting people set up a, a timeline. And even as they moved into the nest, we had checklists that you could establish, like pick your your five goals for the first year. And we would give you kind of a series of to-dos that you could check off to make sure you were, you know, doing everything you needed to do to whether it would be something as simple as, you know, getting your home decorated and organized or purchasing a new home or becoming um, completely educated on, you know, uh, getting ready to have a baby if that was on your sort of uh, goal to-do list. And obviously in the countdown to pregnancy, there are a million uh, things to do. And so people really liked that guidance. And I think that the other factor that really is a through line between all of them is they like to connect with people um, who are in their same moment of time. I know when I had my first child, Havana, I didn't have any friends who were having babies at that time and so, you know, kind of lost and confused and had been, you know, my mother barely remembered, you know, what it was like <laughs> to be pregnant and things had changed so much. And so this idea of creating a community where you can walk into a room and you are instantly surrounded by people who are thinking the exact same things you are and who are also gathering information. So whereas on the nod it might be, 
people planning spring weddings in New York City. And on the bump, we have these things called birth clubs, right, where you can actually be hooked up with people all over in the country who are having a baby the same month you are. So it might be 500 people sitting in a, uh, in a, a forum exchanging information on what symptoms they're feeling, what their doctors are saying. And it, it's really um, something, it's really a gift, I think, to be able to have a room full of people who are dying to hear your every pain and um, <laughs> symptom because really you don't have that in life. Your coworkers, they're kind of bored you know, week two of your second trimester. Um, they're certainly bored with your wedding. And, um, and so that ability to sort of connect on a real emotional and human level and have a, a bunch of people who are supportive and interested and providing you feedback and information uh, is really something that is, has been uh, these are sort of the keystones, I think, of our uh, relationships with our audience. Um, but, you know, there are things, there are differences. You know, bump moms are more mobile. Um, people are sort of a little bit more on the go. When you're planning a wedding, you're probably sitting at your desk at work. Um, and so, you know, we had to sort of uh, invent more quickly on the mobile front for the babies because particularly post-birth, all you have is your phone um, as a right. point of access. So that's been an interesting uh, difference. Um, we can, e- you know, your sort of email outreach is different in the, the audience spaces. Um, the Nest, it's more in whereas the Bump, it's absolutely timeline and development oriented. So um, I think... You know, there are there are a ton of similarities and, and only just a few differences, but that you do learn along the way. Well, and clearly, you know, you have diversified. You talked about TV channel, the magazine, mobile. Of course, you've got the Not the Bump the Nest. Is there one medium that turned out to be maybe more successful than the others? Clearly, they all work together. I'm just curious, as you diversified across multiple media platforms, if there's one medium that's kind of risen to the top, if you will. It's very interesting. It's sort of different in different categories. As we were saying, I think we were surprised at how popular our wedding magazines would be. I mean, I think in the back of your mind, you're listening to the magazine industry dying. You're kind of trying to, like, see the future and think, okay, what will we do if we don't have this revenue stream? And they really, you know, just completely success and how the demand has continued to stay there. And um, then again, also you think, okay, this, you know, the digital magazines, iPad magazines, et cetera, that's going to explode because people are, and that's been much slower to catch on than I think anyone expected, not necessarily in our world in in particular, but it might be a slightly more female to male, like women may be uh, more paper-oriented, whereas like all the men who read Wired magazine were quick to move over to digital. So that's been interesting. Um, mobile has taken off faster than we thought. Almost 30% of our site traffic comes from mobile now, which is just a much steeper curve than we expected. Um, and so really trying to juggle what makes a good mobile experience versus when do you actually really need to be on the desktop, what part of it is, you know, what is the tablet version in between. It's a lot more complicated. I mean, it was sort of, it was sort of nice when it's just a website. Or, and it must be really right, nice for people simple. who are just a magazine. <laughs> yeah. Not Back really in the, in the old days, all it was of it. so simple then. <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. I need to live, you know, 20 years ago. 
Um, but I think it's what also keeps you innovating. I mean, I think what we find exciting is, you know, you keep, you can't then hire 20 new people every time you have a new platform. You have to figure out how to be very creative and how to think what's best on both. And we've always wanted to be on every platform. Um, and so have really, you know, grown our staff and even our thinking always to think about optimizing any piece of content we create, how it's going to be truly best utilized across our network of of experiences. And um, but it you know you have to you have to work hard, but I think the payoff is uh, works not only for your bottom line but for the audience in the end. And we really are always striving to be an extremely customer centric. Like the bride, the mom, they have to come first long before the business because that is truly what is has brought us to where we are and where well, and speaking of innovating, um, as we wrap up, what is next for you? What are you innovating on right now? Well, what is, I mean, we're actually doing a lot of work um, on mobile, obviously. It's it's a huge area for us and will only continue to be. So I think that 2013 is a lot about that. It's a lot about personalization. When you move into mobile, the experience is much smaller, right? So you have to be better at serving the exact right information to your um, reader um, at the exact right time because you don't have a lot of space to let them pick and choose. So personalization is really critical. And then from an overall business perspective, we expanded to China um, about, uh, what is almost like, you know, I guess uh, 16 months ago. And so China is an extraordinary uh, market opportunity for us. 10 million women get married there every year. Uh, it's a wide open field because they have, they don't have a lot of, um, of their own cultural traditions and rituals. They really look to the West. And we have gone over and positioned ourselves under the, the brand name IGIA.com, which is the Chinese translation of Wedding Knot. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it has been an extraordinary uh, adventure and challenge and um, really growing, exciting opportunity to be there. Uh, and I think that, that um, in the coming years, looking outside of the the walls of the U.S. are going to be um, really one of the the areas that are going to be most challenging would also make you be most innovative because different cultures operate in different ways. For example, everything in China is mobile. They're extremely mobile culture in Asia. And so you there you're thinking mobile first, and that actually helps influence what you're doing um, in America. And so that that. Ex- has been very interesting, and they're also the the talent over there is getting very creative from let's say a wedding perspective, and so the exchange of ideas over those thousands and thousands of miles um, is really I think it's growing our internal staff, it's growing the industry, um, and it's creating a, a you know sort of more unique and more forward looking experience all around, um, keeping me on my toes too. So it's good. <laughs> You'll take over the world before you know what hits yeah. you in the next 10 years, right? The yeah, next 15. then I'll have to get some sleep. <laughs> exactly. Oh, sleep's overrated. Carly, exactly. thank you so much for being on the program today and great insight into how to reach brides and also women who are expecting or planning their first home. Thank you so much. It's just been thank a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. It has been really fun conversation. And thanks to my pro- producer George for another great show and join me right here for another edition of Purse Strings next Tuesday at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. Until then, make it a great one.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.